get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. It is a real circus around here sometimes, isn't it, Mr. Pittsburgh? I, I would say yes. I mean, literally, it's a, like a three-ring, four or five-ring circus sometimes. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? It just depends on uh, what's going on. Sure. But it is uh, the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. We are back uh, discussing a really super fun Upbeat, lighthearted topic oh, this week. It's fun for the whole family. Satanic panic. Get the kids around the I radio. I know. I can't wait. Uh, a couple of shout outs. First of all, Wolf's <laughs> Customs. Go to wolfscustoms.online or find them on all over Facebook and Instagram. To, the, why, the reason why you do that, the reason why you want to do that, Mr. Pittsburgh. Tell me why, right because, now. Like, see this guitar right here that I'm it's playing? A now, it's a beautiful guitar. Sure, it's a beauty. It's a beautiful guitar, yeah. right? It's got a yeah. you know, uh, beautiful, uh, you know, kind of burst kind of finish sure. on it and everything. Beauty, eh? But maybe maybe you look at that and you go, that's boring. Like everybody has a guitar that looks like uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. If you want a guitar that's really going to stand out, you, you want your, your bass, your drums, whatever, so you want to have, uh, it, because the look, right, and the whole thing is part of the show. Exactly. And 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 very often a guitar player, especially a guitar player, the, the uh, uh, type of, uh, of finish and everything that he has on the guitar becomes associated with his personality. Exactly. We, we, talk, we did a podcast on we this, right? We did do Eric that, Clapton's yes. psychedelic painted sure, SG sure. and yeah. Jimmy Page's Dragon uh, 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 Telecaster, Telecaster. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Van Halen's, you know, with the, the Frankenstrat the Franken- with the stripes and stuff all over. Yep. yep. Um, so. You talk to Wolf's Customs, Chris Thunderwolf Dotson at Wolf's Customs, and he is going to take your musical instrument, turn it into a piece of art that's really going to have your personal stamp and personality to it. Super awesome. He does. They do amazing work mm-hmm. over there. So I encourage you to check them out. Go to rockrageradio.com as well. And download the free app. Great music programming 24-7, including the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Hot Licks with Lily Six, all kind of great uh, music programming 24-7 there with the free app at rockrageradio.com and go to ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Yes, the website is working. And um, there's uh, the reason why to go there is because like if you're looking for like all our back uh, archives of podcasts. I mean, I'm on 738 podcasts. Holy. I have holy. All, tons of interviews, a lot of cool indie bands, some famous people, it's just like a, it's like a lot of very very cool yeah. cool mix of things, yes. as well as um, all our old podcasts, our video podcasts are there. Mm-hmm, Links mm-hmm. to our entire YouTube archive, nice. merchandise, uh, and also access to our private Facebook group where we get in there and uh, a lot of these topics that you guys we talk about here we bring up in the group first and try to get the conversation going. So uh, yeah. looking forward to tonight. Like I said, we're going to get into this in a minute, but go to Ludini Rock and Roll Circus dot com and uh, check out all the cool stuff we have for all y'all in there. I want to also um, give a shout out this week to Mr. Pittsburgh, who is here with us. Yeah, well, why am I getting a shout out? It's because you're here. You made it. Oh, my brother, my brother. I'd do anything for you. Looks like you made it. I will do anything for Ludini. Okay, and and we also have Bill Damiano from... 
um, all kinds of stuff. Holy Bill, build the scene. He's building the scene. Bill is building the scene right now. Even as we speak, he's. I can see he's got a hammer and nails and a saw. And he's out there. He's building the scene practically on his own. Yes. Uh, Bill, go ahead. I know Bill's having some uh, echoing issues. If that's not too confusing uh, in your headphones there, uh, if you want to jump on and say hey and just give a quick plug to yourself. No? That didn't sound... Do you want to plug yourself? Oh, hey, hey. Not, not so much. <laughs> wow. When you put it that way, no. Um, so Build a Scene is local a local podcast playing unsigned and independent bands, mostly from Pittsburgh. Um, it's also that's the Pennsylvania Rock Show. Three Questions in a Song is local and unsigned, independent, and worldwide bands. And then nice. this first Angel Media. There's music from the four one two. I'm kind of like the Wizard of Oz. I'm everywhere. <laughs> nice. Pay attention to he, that man behind he, the curtain. He's like your dad. Right. He's everywhere. Right? Oh, oh, I just realized Mr. Pittsburgh is not on the camera. There he is. Oh, well, okay. fine. Okay. That's great. So, and I haven't figured figured out how to get myself out of the headphones, and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> okay, well, we won't make you keep talking there. Go ahead. Yeah. You can go ahead and mute yourself again while we get into this week's show. Bill Damiano, thanks so much for hanging out. Yeah. I want to also, um, before we get into today's show, yes. I want to kind of maybe run through a few things that we got involved with this week. Sure. So, Mr. Pittsburgh. So I... Um, did you do anything cool? Re- watch anything cool? Talk to I did, cool? I did. I revisited Pump Up the Volume, the 1990 movie with Christian Slater, who... Who I love, who I love, and sometimes I talk like him when I get pissed off. And uh, Samantha, he's the one who's yeah. uh, his thing is he's trying to be Jack Nicholson. Exactly, that's why he talks like this. And he, in some ways, he does a better Jack Nicholson than Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I love the guy Heather's. He was in Heather's, and uh, uh, was it the Legend of Billy Jean? I think he was in. And uh, yeah, of course, uh, um, the movie I watched, Pump the Volume, a uh, great movie. Uh, very 90s. Now, we've talked about this before, where, like, the 70s and 80s rock and roll was very kind of... I mean, you had your heavy bands and stuff, but for the most part, it was a lot of fun. A lot of hair metal. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody wants to get laid, party, have have a couple of drinks, maybe some drugs. And, uh, you know, that was that era. But if you look back at, like, the 90s, there's a lot of angst. There's a lot of grunge. And this movie kind of sums it up right at the beginning. Um, you know, this the, the basic synopsis is the, this kid gets moved by his parents to this piece of shit town. But he has a pirate radio station. And he plays all that. That's the first time I heard Leonard Cohen. And I'm like, wow. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I revisited that. That's a really fun movie. Matter of fact, uh, uh, Lily and I hung up maybe a year or two ago, and that's the movie she wanted to watch. So we ended up watching it together, and she loves that movie too. So I did see uh, Pump Up the Volume. Uh, for those folks listening, if you've never seen it, give it a shot. Uh, that's about that's about it. But uh, the nice thing is <clears throat> my, uh, my work schedule is changing now, so I'm now going to have my evenings free and actually a day or two more off a week. So, Ludini, get ready. I'm coming over. We're going to have some fun again. So there you go. Oh, the other thing is, <laughs> if I may bring it up, the other day I was coming home from work, and I 
could have sworn our good friend of the podcast, our podcast member that goes unseen sometimes, Honky the Clown. I thought Honky the Clown was freaking going crazy. I thought he was on a drunken binge. He is. Here He's like in our neighborhood, dude. right? Yes. And I'm like, what is going on? And I realize the apparently the geese are flying back. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, is that honky? Honky, wonky, you around, brother? That's exactly what I heard. I thought Honky the Clown was going nuts in our neighborhood. Turned out just to be a couple of geese. But anyway, shout out to Honky. Thanks, Honky, for being here tonight. Honky the Clown Clown is back in town. (laughs) All right. So, uh, very cool. Pump up the volume. I have not seen that in a minute. I must revisit that. That, I have a list of, you know, a movie I want to rewatch is on my list. Remember the Star Chamber? Wow. It's been decades since I've seen that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very, very cool movie. Um, that's that I might re- reference that a little bit later, but a couple of things real quick. Um, Cocaine Bear, see Cocaine Bear. <laughs> it's super fun. Yeah, it's a B. It's a B movie. Of course, it's very violent, what? very gory, oh but just like it's just you know it's it, it's off the it's off the hook. Off the charts. It's off. It's off the hook. It's it's, it's super just fun. It's, All right, very good. Don't 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 think too much about it. You know, no, it's not check a great your brain movie. At the doors, you check say. absolutely. Yep. Check your brain at the door. Yep. All right, that's one for me to check out. Um, and this is going to be the first podcast in several weeks where we are not going to mention anything to do with Star Trek. I mean, with Star Wars, excuse me. No Star Wars. <laughs> but we can talk about Star Trek. But we're going to talk about Star Trek. Okay. I ha- I was a, I've been a Trek trekker like yeah. ever since I was about 10 years yes. old. Maybe before that. And I loved all the Trek. All of it. Yeah. Until I think Trek lost its way, starting with J.J. Abrams. I think it started to lose its way, oh. and I really didn't did not like. Um, I don't like what I didn't really wasn't into what they did with um, Discovery and Picard and the mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, Trek was always about. I think that starting with J.J. Abrams, like they lost the idea what Trek was about. Trek was about hope. Trek is Trek is not a dystopian, hard edged sci fi story right. it is about like we've went past all that we've this is not blade runner right <laughs> you know what right, i mean it's right. like we've gone past all that we've evolved as human beings we've we found exactly. ways to work together yeah. you know in fact we're trying to help other people in the galaxy yep. to work together as well and so it's like while people aren't perfect we're trying to do better okay, okay? exactly and, roddenberry's um, vision exactly yeah. and i just sort of felt like in the past 10 years or so that like everything that had, that had been going on with trek had really kind of lost so i'd written it off i was like i'm done with trek i'm not watching mm-hmm, any more mm-hmm. trek and then i happened to catch whiff of this series called Strange New Worlds. Okay. And um, I decided to give it a try. Uh-huh. And oh my God, it's fan-fucking-tastic. If you're yeah. a Trekker, it is a return to those okay. ideals. very good. First of all, yes, there are, there are some... Uh, there's a thread that runs through. That's I don't mm-hmm. think you can do modern television without having right. that. But it, but, right. but the a lot of episodes are self-contained. Okay. So like you know it's wrapped up yeah, in 48 minutes it, yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, the uh, 
The cast is really good. I, you know, it has a couple things I wish was a little different. Like, it could use a little more testosterone on the bridge crew. Uh, you know what I mean? Most of it's almost all women. <laughs> the only, the well, only guys. Ain't nothing on, wrong with that. The only you know guys, the only guys <laughs> on the bridge crew are Spock and, and and Captain Pike. Now, which brings me to the captain. Captain Pike is fucking awesome. What they did was they picked the best stuff about Kirk yeah. and the best stuff about Picard, yeah. and they put it together. Okay. And he's great. He's a real leader. He they're not treating him like a moron like the women have to help him all the time because right, right. no he's like a real leader people look up to him he makes good decisions he's not perfect but mm-hmm. he's like a you know what i mean it's like busting his ass to do a good job he treats everybody really well it's like kind of like kind of like the guy that like you're having a problem you go talk right. to like he can help you kind of sort your shit out you know what i mean okay really good really really sure. really good i'm i'm uh uh the first uh season is has been done there's a new season starting in june i'm halfway through the first uh season i've been watching like one a day um and i if you if you're a trekker and you've sort of like kind of like felt like eh doesn't dig haven't been digging with what Trek's doing. Mm-hmm. Give this a try because it is while not perfect, it's um really good. And you know, the old Star Trek humor is there. You know, Star Trek always said this. Star Trek would always do like a real serious like a couple of real serious episodes. Then they would have a total comedic right. episode. Okay. And, and they yeah. do that too. And the, the humor is great. Okay. And they're um yes, it it you know, Trek would always do this awesome like morality plays, right. but they never felt like they were beating you over the head. You know right. what I mean? It was yeah, just yeah, a yeah. good story. Yeah. And then afterwards you would go like, yeah, you know, I can yeah. see there, you know, Wasn't there's a point to that. Yeah. You know, but you yeah. didn't feel like somebody, um, yeah. it, it's the, the tone, everything is right. And of course it's got amazing, like, 21st century um, production values. Like, it's absolutely... It could be a movie. Like, the production values are just insane. Like, just perfect. The Enterprise and all that has never looked better. It's just really, really good. So I would tell people to check it out if you're... you're, Where uh, is it streaming? uh, Yeah, I, I believe it's CBS. Really? Yeah, see, it's a network okay. show. It's a network show. I believe it's CBS. <laughs> I'll have to check it out on Hulu. <clears throat> yeah, okay. yeah, you can find it on there. It's super. Right, very good. But you should, uh, yeah, if you if you're uh, if you're into track, uh, you know, check it out. Let me let me know what you think. Um, so when I went to high school, oh boy, um, when I was a young man, yes, a, ch- a kid, yes, uh, we uh, there was a big. Um, I loved. I I, I loved music. Mm-hmm. I know you did too. Yes. Um, our 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 parents were a little bit different. Okay. Your, yeah. Your, yeah. your parents treated right. things a little bit. My parents were very um, were very concerned about any involvement because they were they were hardcore evangelical. <clears throat> I don't like to say fundamentalist because fundamentalist makes you think of who are those guys who's that church that God hates fags and all. Oh, that the you know? uh, Westboro. Yeah, they, they weren't yeah, like that. There was like no, that. they weren't like that. But I would say like hardcore evangelical sure. type. Uh, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> type thing. Our our high school was hardcore evangelical. Yes, it was. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, place and everything. So, one of the big no nos. Oh, was rock music. Yeah. And heard from a very very young age. About how rock music was really the, you know, was really the way Satan was, you know, corrupting the the youth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was Satan's like line to the youth to get young people mixed up and right. get them into trouble. Yes, <clears throat> get them, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, out of wedlock, pregnancy, get Ooh, them mixed up on naughty, drugs, naughty. you know, and all this. And I, I'm trying to be, uh, what's the word I want? How do I want to say this? I'm trying to be. Um, 
uh, I, I don't want to be too hard on that because those things are real things. Right. Drug use. Sure. Uh, you know, underage pregnancies and mm-hmm, all those other mm-hmm. are real things and things that we need to kind of, as a society, should have our eyes on and not exactly. let get crazy. <clears throat> and you got to understand also kids are kids. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and they are going to, whether there's rock music or not, what, what something that people don't realize is, you know, there were crazy things that happened like in the, in the 30s and 40s and the media blamed it on the new jazz. Oh, so yes. so it's like musicians are always taking the fall for 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 stuff. Exactly. But recently we we call it satanic panic, right? This whole right. idea that um uh you know Satan was somehow corrupting everybody through the music industry mm-hmm. or through Records or through album art or yes. lyrics, right? Mm, right. And this, we, and we're all sort of like have looked back on it as a kind of oh, this is this time in history when this happened and everything. And a few weeks ago, I ran across a podcast. Oh boy, where this young lady, and she is a young lady, I and mean, she's probably yeah. in her twenties, really was and going off on music. And it was hilarious because all of the things that she was talking about were all the exact same things mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. we were yelled at about <laughs> growing up 80s. back in the 80s, yeah, back right? in the late 70s yeah. and, and, in, and in the early 80s. It was, uh, it's absolutely, and I was like, it was fake then and it was false then and mm-hmm. it was not valid then and it's not anymore <laughs> valid right. now. Right, yeah. <laughs> so... That gave me some, so I made some notes on some of the things that she was talking about. If you would like to, I can, I will put a link to her podcast uh, in the show notes. If you want to go ahead, hey, I'm all for equal time and everything mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to invite the young lady to come on the podcast no. because I don't really want to, uh, this, I don't want to debate, debate anybody. Yeah, like no. I don't, you know, she said her piece about it. I'm going to. You know, I'm going to try to like, in a way, sort of set the record straight or, or kind of give you some insight based on somebody with 50, almost 56 years on the planet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I have seen a lot of stuff and so many things. Think about this. And Bill, Chris Thunderwolf Dawson's here. What's up, big guy? Um, we've all, we're all lived long enough to know that like, right, there's always been this terrible thing that was about to befall us. Yeah. You know what I mean? We yeah. all lived through, you know, there was the Cold War, right? Mm-hmm, At the, mm-hmm. any moment, the Soviets were going to drop the big one on us. You know, you know, after 9-11, any moment, there was going to be another big terrorist oh, I know. attack. Yep. You know what I mean? This whole thing with the pandemic, like all these different things have happened and we're all still here. Exactly, right? <laughs> and there's been, you know, Pizzagate and there's been all this, um, you know, crazy things that have, that, that have kind of come and gone right. and the world just keeps on rocking and rolling no, no pun intended uh, uh, going about his business and everybody's right. still here we're still here everybody's yeah. still fine <clears throat> so I want so I, I sort of felt that you know and Mr. Pittsburgh had brought this up uh, as well and I thought you know this is a good time to talk about this because it is making a surge a resurgence and I think anytime when you have great uncertainty we have massive sure. political uncertainty mm-hmm. right now we have massive uncertainty financial uh, yeah. you know the the, the 
uh, the government may default on their loans. Yeah, you know, we so have financial, great on. financial uncertainty. Uh, There's instability around the world, you mm-hmm. know, with the possible, you know, this could go to war, that could go to war. I mean, like, it's like a new Cold War with China. Like, there's all kind of like stuff. And it seems like when this happens and people are scared, they are looking for some something to point the finger at. Right. And, of course, Republicans point the finger at Democrats. Democrats point the finger at Republicans. Religious people point the finger at atheists. Atheists point the finger at religious people. Uh, you know, black people point the finger at white people. White people point the finger at black... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Women point the finger at men, blah, 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 blah. Sure. And really, none of that is what's going on right. at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay? We're just looking for a devil. Exactly. We're looking for... Because we're scared. Yeah. And it's scary. And we don't... Yeah. Oh, you know what? We have to... We live in a total uncertainty. So people are freaking out. So this satanic thing is has made a resurgence. resurgence a resurgence. yeah. <clears throat> and... Um, I don't know, and I'm not here to uh, criticize anybody's beliefs. I will give you my, I have a sort of alternative theory about this that I will discuss if we have time at the end. Um, But so that is the sort of basis, you know, of why I wanted to get this, uh, get, get into this topic. Right. So let's talk about just a brief history of the devil in music and in Devil. art in general. Sure. Okay. Ever since there has been people telling stories, mm-hmm. there has been the good versus the evil. Exactly. It's a common trope. It's one of, it's one of the very first tropes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look sure. at the story of the Garden of Eden, you know, uh-huh. it's uh-huh. a story of good versus evil. The first, one of the main characters, one of the very first stories ever is the devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there he is. It's like, you know, so right off the bat, we're off to the races with the devil. Yep. Right away. Here we go. You know, so the devil is integral in storytelling, art, poetry, music from the beginning. Yes. And I'm not here to, we'll talk about reality versus myth and folklore a little bit later on. <clears throat> That being, that's neither here nor there. I don't want to get into that. I'm not debating that at the moment. All I'm just saying is that this has been a part of storytelling, art, and everything from the very, mm-hmm. very beginning. There were, the, the, when the church became very, very powerful post-Christ, you know, mm-hmm. the you know, post yep. the, the Council of Nicaea and Constantine and all that sure. sort of thing. They started to get ideas about what was spiritually right music. Right. Yes. That was a thing. And it was there was for a long time all music had very very limited harmonies. You know, there's a lot of mu- most music I'm going to go ahead and turn off the background. Speaking of music, I'm going to pause this so we can... Are you going to sing yeah. a nice I'm not going to sing a song. But, but harmonies like one... Uh, the, the fifth yeah. and the fourth. You know, very kind of plain, kind of like not too harmonically adventurous okay. sounds yes. were the most sort of accepted hmm. sounds okay. in the beginning of the church they okay. were like that's okay that's good but because so anything that caused people to have any kind of strong emotion or 
maybe got people riled up a little bit. Mm. Eh, we can't mm. have that. Can't have that. Simmer down. We can't have it. Simmer down. Yeah. So you end up with music that to our, to our ears today, come on, I'm trying to admit this person, uh, music to, to our ears today would sound very kind of blah, blah. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. very... Milk very toast. square very kind of harmon- toast, very- harmonies, yeah. you know what I mean? Things that went... You know, then the third oh, of the scale. Yes, yes. And usually a lot of music in the beginning had a minor kind of sound. Right, right. M- music in with a, in a major key was kind of was 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 frowned on. Mm. Okay, <clears throat> mm. but eventually that loosened up too. In much later on. Yes. Certain intervals were became frowned upon. And so this is what leads us to something called the devil's interval, which becomes oh. integral to yes. rock music. Yeah. The inter the, the devil's interval, okay, the, the scale is one, two, three, is 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 seven notes plus a repeat. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and it starts over. Okay. okay. Oh yeah. So, right. so each number of the scale has has each each mem- each part of each note of the scale has a number a corresponding number. Sure. So there was an interval that was called the Devil's Interval, and mm. people in the 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 Pope and the Vatican all they really frowned on this sound. And I will play the sound for you. It's called the it's the flatted fifth interval. Okay. All right. And <clears throat> let me stress when you in. hear it, you will know. And there's a very famous song by Black Sabbath that is based around. Of oh, course, Black my. Sabbath. Oh, oh boy! Oh. That is the devil's interval. Oh boy! Oh. That is the flatted, evil. the flatted That's fifth. <clears throat> the wow. interesting thing about the flatted fifth, <laughs> yes, is it is also many many couple centuries down becomes part of blues music. Sure. Okay. Yes. If they hated the flatted fifth, the devil's interval, when they heard blues uh-huh. with all these kind of notes that don't really fit in the scale because the 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 scale the the scale is right. But blues is going. Ooh. Yes. Yes, I hear it. I want to do the devil's horns right now. Exactly. Okay. These types of intervals were sounded out wrong. Uh huh. Yeah, they're just they're not something off about them. Something really felt exactly, exactly, exactly felt off. Um, So this, so the devil and music go way back. Um, There were musical artists like uh, Paganini who said that you know. He was influenced by the devil to play, and oh. a lot of artists were, you know. And yeah. it's on the who opposite isn't? side, you had Bach, who yeah. wrote for music for the church. Yes, yes. So, 
But right away, anything that kind of didn't get fit, you know. And mm-hmm. later on, that flatted fifth sound became very popular among Liszt and Chopin and a lot of different um, classical com- composers as well. As our ears became, as com- as musicians challenged our hearing, sure, you know what I mean. People started to become acclimated to these sounds, and mm-hmm. they were to- and it became just part of the musical vocabulary. Exactly. Just like when we listen to the blues now. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like part of me. We were like, yeah. Exactly. In fact, to most people, you hear you hear the blues. You go like, oh, it sounds like old hat. That's really sounds uh-huh. like uh-huh. sounds kind of arcane, right? It doesn't right. even sound. Um. <clears throat> so that's a sort of like kind of like kind of taking you through quickly. Interesting. There, you know, I, the, didn't, the, you I know, didn't know that. There was a, there, yeah. Wow. So, mo- so moving from that. Mm-hmm. Moving, moving on from that. Let's 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 because we want to talk about rock and roll. So we want let's get to the very let's get to the twentieth century. Sure. Okay. In the twentieth century, you see the emergence of blues. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Negro spirituals, gospel, blues, jazz. Right. right. That 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 sort of thing, which is now using again these intervals that people are, you know, you know what I mean. That mm-hmm. and also a rhythm that oh. people are not used to right. the people that that doesn't have much to do with classical yep. music 15th yep. century uh-huh. classical uh-huh. music it sounds very um the shuffle for instance as opposed to mm-hmm. it would be That's nasty. Ooh. And you couple it with harmony like. Ooh. That's not godly uh, at all. Not at all. That's no, not, no, not godly at all. Um, so, but let me ask you, Mr. Pittsburgh. Yeah, go for it. What segment of society Yes. Is associated with the creation of blues, spirituals, and jazz. Uh, that would be our African American Ab- brothers and sisters. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Want you uh, to listen to this. Okay. This is a preacher. Oh, boy. From the 1950s. The 50s. Okay. Sure. Sure. Okay. Here we go. These men come down here from New York and from Florida to. Find out my reasons on rock and roll music and why I preach against it, and I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. Yeah. I 100% believe it. Why I believe that is because I know how it feels when you sing it. I know what it does to you. And I I know uh, the evil feeling that you feel when you sing it. I know the, the, the lost position that you get into in the beat. The beat. Well, uh, mm-hmm. if you talk to the average teenager of today and you ask them what it is about rock and roll music that they like, and they'll the first thing they'll say is the beat, the beat, the beat. Wow. And that beat is a beat that is based on, that was started with Af- African American music. Exactly. Um, I will not play you. Some of the you can go on YouTube and look them up for yourself. I will not play them here because I don't want uh, to. Um, 
I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody. Right. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But the, it's there's videos just like that where they go on to explain that they don't want white kids listening to n-words music and could that man have been any whiter exactly exactly i mean they come right out and say it and so yeah. the basis of the this hatred of rock music and this fear of it is the first thing and i hate to sound like a yep. cliche in the 21st century you know in the middle of black lives matter and all this stuff but mm-hmm. i gotta say it is racism oh definitely absolutely they did not want white kids Mm -hmm. listening to black music Mm -hmm. because god only knows where that was gonna lead oh boy (laughs) you know i mean black kids and white kids might start dancing together then we'd have all kinds of whoa 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 whoa. calm down there (laughs) so this so before you start when you when you start poo-pooing on rock music um and 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 this goes for Mm r&b and for hip-hop sure rap and everything like that watch what you're saying because the the very basis for this is racism yeah okay maybe in maybe you're not thinking that way but that is the basis for where the where you've been influenced by whether you would like to admit that or or not not. yeah is there anything you would like to add before we No, that pretty much something. I thought it was really interesting talking about the church and music. I mean, I, I realized they had their hand in art and things like that and literature, but never to the point of like, you can't use that progression of notes. That's interesting. Very interesting. Yes. Yes. Wow. So, I, so uh, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. <clears throat> in the movie yeah. School of Rock. Sure. Rock is what? How we stick it to the man. Stick it to the man. Right on. So rock and roll is about rebellion. Yeah. That's it. It is absolutely about rebellion. You have to keep that in mind. Kids didn't want, they they don't want to do what their parents did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't want to like, you know, dad, that's your music. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I got, I got to do my own Part of the, the rock and roll movement were, kids saying trying to find their own way trying exactly. to create their own culture yeah that they wanted to do something different mm-hmm. than what their parents were doing right that's just why i think this is one of the problems that rock has today is that i think a lot of young people see it as like old people's music <laughs> yeah 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 you know they see it as old people's music you know and so kids you always want to do that i remember being a teenager and like you know trying to like you know it's part of like creating your own life trying to find your own exactly. identity and like yeah. and all that so having your own music or relating to music that your parents will hate mm-hmm. is going to be the first thing sure Number one. So this goes to, this is the beginning of sticking it to the man. The man is your parents. Right. The man is the government. Right. The man is the police officer. Yes. The man is your is your pastor. Sure. <laughs> the yeah. man is your school principal, yeah. your coach. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Those are all the man. Exactly. Okay, so, so if you want to have young folks finding their own way mm-hmm. and everything like that, they've got to kick against 
the traditions sure. and what's normal. So, and, and part of that leads right into, so in the beginning we played that preacher from the fifties talking about rock and roll. And he, at that time he's talking about people like little Richard and right. Chuck Berry, Chuck Berry and Elvis Presley yep, yep, and people right. like that. Yeah. Moving on 10 years, you get into the sixties and, and the Beatles psychedel- psychedelia. It's now they're going to the next step, which is not only are we questioning our parents' music, we're not kind of questioning their religion. Mm-hmm. We're questioning. What they're telling, yeah, Dad, I you come home and you have a scotch or three right. after work every day. Why can't I have a joint? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. So, yeah, Dad, you know, you go to uh, 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 St. Barnabas's church every Sunday. I want to go to a yogi and learn how to meditate. Right. Okay, so kids are looking to do it their own way. They're exactly. looking for something different. Yes. Um, this, it, it's, it's, it's a natural progression for, for, for young folks and, and, and historically as well. Like I said, we start with just the beat. We start with, you know, that thing, it, it progresses. So mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people that grew up, you know, that maybe grew up in the, and were like came of age in the fifties, they, they, you know, I know a lot of them didn't like the Beatles. They thought their hair was too long. Exactly. So like, yeah. you know, 10 years before everybody was cool with the ducktails and uh-huh, the buddy uh-huh. Hollies and the yeah. Elvis Presley's yeah. and all that stuff like that. But the Beatles, Oh, that's too out Ooh, there. That's, that's like, that's like, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. That was too crazy. That was too crazy. Yeah. Like my parents were of that sort. They were of that generation that like, they were cool with that, with the 50s stuff. But when you got into the mid sixties, it was too much for them. They, yep. they could, they, they, that wasn't going to be their, their situation at all. Exactly. Um, so you have artists at this time really kind of pushing boundaries um, and get, do, is there anything you want to jump in with? No, 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 I you, feel like no I'm, you're good. You're good. Okay. Um, so this brings me to two figures uh-huh. who became very popular amongst musicians starting in the sixties and through the seventies. The first one is Aleister Crowley. Oh yes. Aleister Crowley gets thrown up all the time to people, to, uh, you know, to, to anti, you know, to, to, to kids, to people who like rock music mm-hmm. by these people that think rock is evil. Right. It gets thrown up all the time. And, <clears throat> you have to understand, first of all, let's give you a little quick, first of all, Aleister Crowley, the, how he came to be calling, but how he came about the title of six six six, calling himself the Beast, six 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 six, and all that sort of thing, was because he read the Book of Revelations. Okay, he was raised in a very strict yes. uh, religious sure. household. Yes, he uh, at a very early age became fascinated with the Book of Revelations. Mm-hmm. When his father died. He took that as a sign. He was just getting to that age where he was hitting puberty. Right. <clears throat> and he was finding, he was kind of finding his sowing, sword, mm-hmm. getting ready to sow some wild oats. Yeah. And um, just his mother, he didn't know what to do with him. So she would get, she literally thought that he was the Antichrist <laughs> because, I mean, that, these people, they were like yeah. very strict religious yeah, folks. They were, right. you know, kind of simple and, and that and that thing. And he began to, like, in order to kind of piss his mom off, mm-hmm. he was like, he loved it that she thought he was the Antichrist. Yeah, she, she loved it. Like, yeah. um, the other thing, and so, and, and he, Aleister Crowley is a figure, he's on the cover of um, uh, Sgt. Pepper's 
Okay, yeah, he's one of those characters yep, that's on the, there. Yep, yep. Um, he is. Uh, he's he's on an, uh, um, an a Led Zeppelin album. Of course, Ozzy has the song "Mr. Crowley." Sure. So he's a figure that rockers venerate. Mm-hmm. The main reason they do that is because of the teaching that um, he had called Philema. He created he, he created his own uh, spiritual teaching called Philema, which basically the main tenet of was "Do what thou wilt." So okay. he was a total middle finger mm-hmm. to, to anything establishment, establishment. Yep. anything yep. establishment. You know, if if everybody's going to the left, I'm going to the right. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. You mm-hmm. know, if the church says that this is uh, good, I'm going to do the exact opposite. Sure. That was his whole. That was his whole spiel. Yep. He um and and he yes he dabbled in all kind of crazy rituals and things like that. Claimed that he could make himself invisible. Claimed that he could make people levitate. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a very good documentary. I put a link to it in the show notes that you can uh, that you can watch. Here's what you need to know though about about Aleister Crowley. He was both physically and sexually abused as a as okay. a kid. Okay. Yeah. So all right. So now we're you're getting a little now bit of a picture getting, of, yeah, of maybe up. something yep. what might 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 be going on here. Um, the way I read his life is he, he never, he, he didn't do too much. Like I literally worship the devil, but yeah. he was into trying to conjure beings from, sure. you know, uh, gods and devils mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. things like that. But not too much. I literally pray to Satan. So right. Tons of meditation got heavily involved in drugs. Mm. Okay. When I read his life as. He took this, he created a philosophy that he gave him a sort of get out of jail free card to be an asshole. So, yes, it's one thing to indulge your proclivities or to in, to lead a hedonistic lifestyle. You don't have, but but he was, he did that and he screwed people over. Right. Like left and right. Yeah. Just left and right. But he was, he, <laughs> he blew through four family fortunes. His dad's, his dad's inheritance. They were, they were, they were very wealthy. Nobody had to work, yeah. but he blew through his dad's fortune, his mom's fortune, and two different aunts fortunes. Great. And then he was trying to get people in England at the time who were of, you know, of upper crust society to like support his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he ended up, um, dying a pauper, like in a kind of a yeah. group home, uh, heavily addicted to heroin. Sure. But the fucker lived to be 72 years old. Wow. The way he lived, I mean, just like the shit he did to his body and he yeah, lived to be 72. He lived to be 72 years old. But it didn't go well for him at the end. The other the other character that shows up over and over and over is Anton LaVey. Anton sure. LaVey is on the inside jacket to Hotel California. Okay. Um, and he is the founder of the California Church of Satan. Sure. He has since passed away as well. Um, again, his their his philosophy was similar similar to Aleister Crowley's in the sense that it was about a kind. Well, basically, it was a kind of libertarian philosophy of mm-hmm. you know don't let anybody tell you what to do. Right. Kind of like live your own life, make make the decisions that you need to make for your own life. Don't be beholden to some doctrine or right. of the, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. It, at the end, he he did confess that most of his followers were absolute like morons, <laughs> nerds, yeah. like people, like losers of society. Exactly. That, like, and that like he was mainly in it for money. 
mm-hmm. he, he kind of came up with this whole thing. It was a way for him to create celebrity. Right. When he got to hang out with famous people. Sure. You know, sure. there's pictures of him with, with John Travolta and all yep. kind of famous yep. people that, um, that, yeah, ex- exactly. So not that much different than some evangel, most evangelists. Exactly. Exactly. It, exactly. Yeah. So, so before we go getting our shorts in the bunch Ooh. over Satanism sure. and, and all this stuff, like a, both of these men who were, you know, considered like the most evil men considered, you know, Satanist and everything like right. that. We're both kind of just sad douchebags. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so just cool your jets. Simmer. Simmer. Down now. Down. Simmer down now. Right. Exactly. You're, you're, you're completely, you're completely over, you're completely overreacting. Um, <laughs> exactly. the re- again, but the reason why rockers venerated these people is because, again, this is the middle finger. Mm-hmm. This is sticking it to the man. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, really? How about this? I'll put Aleister Crowley on my album. That's how Ooh, rebellious I am. You yeah. know? I'll write a song called Mr. Crowley. Ooh, right, exactly. Um, and, and you could understand why rockers, you know, especially in that late 60s through the 70s, early 80s period where it was the most hedonistic time mm-hmm. in rock, why they would look at somebody like Aleister Crowley, who was, you know, having any type of sex you could imagine, right. doing any type of drug you can imagine, sure. with, you know, do, you know, that they would kind That's, of vener- uh-huh. venerate somebody like yes, that. Absolutely. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so. Yes. Moving. I also want to mention this, too, because this is there's a uh, there, there's some hubaloo about 440 hertz tuning. OK. OK. Um Music today is, I don't want to get too technical, but that hertz is a unit of measurement for the cycle okay. of waves. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. And it's sort of like sound over time. I don't know the exact mm-hmm. equation, um, but 440 hertz is this note, right? A, A440. Okay. Sure. And if you were to go get a tuning, buy a tuning fork at a music That's, store and you would pluck it, it it would sound that pitch. My guitar might be slightly out of tune, but essentially, that's right. that's that's the, the sound. Okay. That's the sound you you would hear, and then we all tune to <clears> that exactly. Orchestras, <clears throat> everything. So sure. Okay. One of the reasons why a four forty was instituted in the nineteen fifties was because I think Italy was t- turning tuning to like four thirty two, and France was tuning to like. 438. Okay. And we, we, we had to pick off. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had to pick something. So we all tune to the same thing. So right. when, so like a guy takes his violin and he's going to play with the London Symphony Orchestra, then he's going to come play with the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the New York Philharmonic or whatever. Sure. We're all playing We're in the all same, same tuning. We're all, key. yeah, same, you're all playing. Exactly. Tuning, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, also, right. it was th- felt that 440, because it's slightly higher than 432, not much. It's only eight Hertz. Mm-hmm. It's hardly anything. Uh, slightly brighter, easier for people to hear okay. at lower volumes. Sure. Okay. okay. And you're talking about orchestral music that um, it typically isn't amplified. Right. Okay. Right. Especially in the fifties, they weren't, you know, you know, right. What was his name? The guy that played the electric violin and rocks out. Um, he was on a back cover. Mark, Mark Wood. Was that his name? I can't remember. He was on. He was in Guitar Player magazine. He was signed. Oh, to okay, yeah, yeah. About, I can't remember his name. You know, I know and, who and you John, yeah, Jean Luc Ponty, and all those guys. Sure, sure. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. That became a thing much, much later. Mm-hmm. But 
these we were talking about orchestras and there were there might have maybe they there was two microphones up for recording right but it wasn't like they were amplifying anything exactly. and so and orchestral music has massive dynamics mm-hmm. it's very very loud it's, it's very very yes quiet. yes you know very little yes. things soft parts okay so this they felt that like this slightly bumping up the pitch a little bit made those softer parts easier to hear they didn't have to try to mic things amplify things that it could be easier uh, it's that freaking simple okay now there is a conspiracy theory Okay. About a 440 that it disrupts the body's natural rhythms. Oh. And there is one study. Uh huh. Okay. This the sample was 33 people. Oh my! Okay, so you can't. Very extensive. Yeah, exactly, and That's it's fantastic. not a study that has been repeated a whole bunch or anything <clears throat> like that, mm-hmm. where they played music tuned to 440 versus 432. Okay. Um and. What felt that you know I'm not exactly sure how they measured it, but like people were calmer or uh-huh. less anxious at the 442 than they were at the 440. I'm told, I'm guys, you're really like this is a stretch. Yeah, the, you know. So, so if you now. run across this conspiracy theory um, on the net or whatever like that, really, this is the kind of thing you need to take with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why people liked 432 is because it jives real nice with the Fibonacci sequence and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but that isn't really all that big of a thing. Okay. You know, in fact, there are people that want to tune it way up to like five something. Yeah. They say that that's right. I mean, it's like. That's crazy. Exactly. So. Now you're pushing the limits. You're, you're getting. Yeah. We're get, you're getting a little crazy. Calm. Simmer down. And there you simmer, go. Simmer down with that. We've because like, ultimately, look, I'm a musician. And I, I and the reason I know about the 440 tuning and why it was changing and everything is with the fucking music school. Okay, yeah. and we, I learned this in music school. This is not, you know, uh, this is an article I read on on the internet. This right. is this is Something this, you learn. Yeah, this is actually this is facts. That is, and that is why, for the most part, that it was done. We needed a standard, and they felt that the 440 was just a little bit easier for people to hear softer orchestral sounds. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We got that out of the way. Everybody Thank cool on God. that. Uh, Black Sabbath. Yeah. comes in right the birth of heavy metal now the there's no 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 genre more associated with the devil right than heavy, than, than metal. heavy fucking metal yeah and especially when you call your band black sabbath oh wow they have to be worshiping the devil right i would think so well what Rongo Mongo. <laughs> Geezer Butler, who was a principal lyricist, uh, especially in the early uh, days of Black Sabbath, was very frustrated with this association that they had that people were putting them with with devil worship. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he wrote songs like War Pigs in which God wins. Yeah. And they have several songs <laughs> where God wins. And he was like trying to demonstrate to people we are not satanic right you know we don't go for any of that and so they were just creating sort of theater Uh with this yeah again going back to the the beginning of the discussion here with satan the devil or whatever being a character Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a symbol of evil whatever right they were absolutely there's a great documentary on youtube that i will put a link to in the show notes that gets into great detail there was actually bands at the same time that were out um that sabbath was really trying to distance and distance themselves from they didn't go for any of that crap they did they didn't they were absolutely not for people committing any sacrifices Mm -hmm. or anything like that um and 
I, I was recently, I also recently watched an interview, uh, a discussion with Bruce Dickinson um, on, you know, uh, where he was asked point blank, like, what is it with you guys? And like six, six, six uh-huh. and all this stuff. Like, yeah. you know, what, what is really with that? And again, it was, it, he was like, we like the symbolism. We mm-hmm. like the drama of it. Yeah. We like the imagery. Let me tell you what, let me ask you a question. Sure. Like I said, we weren't going to talk about star Wars, but I lied. Here we go. Um, who had, who's cooler? Okay. Who's like, who's like, who's got the cooler look? Who's okay. got the cooler look? Okay. Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader? Oh, Darth Vader. Oh, fuck yeah. The, the, oh, Darth Vader. The, the bad guy is always more oh, awesome. yeah. Always. It's, it's like, they've always got like the best look and the, the exactly. most, the, you know, the greatest fangs and the sure. best cloaks and the, the, you know, the whole thing. Shiniest, darkest helmet. Absolutely. Oh, boy. Dark, dark helmet. <laughs> Spaceballs. <laughs> um, so that is... You know, you can you can buy video game. You can play video games now, where you can play. You can be the bad guy. Exactly, it's super fun. How many actors have been interviewed and said, you know, I'm telling you, ask 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 Tony Hopkins, who's was one of your absolute favorite characters. He's going to tell you Hannibal Lecter. Oh yeah. I mean, like that dude's like. I mean, you know, and and all the sequels, The Silence of the Lambs. They're all about Hannibal Lecter. None of them are about Agent Starling. Clarice. Yeah, yeah none exactly. of them. He is the main character exactly. of interest. There, yes. there, there's a series. What was it called? Hannibal? That they mm-hmm. did about, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like It's it, about him. It, it's all yeah. about him. People, you know, we relate to that. Exactly. We love that. that that's a side that we don't mm-hmm. really get to be. Right. We don't, you can't really go and eat people. No. no. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, no, you, you not you at all. Yeah, if you listen to this podcast, please don't start eating people. Yeah. Um, Ludini but, said to eat people. Exactly. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, Sabbath is playing up on this sort of darker exactly. side. Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, and all this stuff because they see this side. You know, um, the, the, I, was, I was thinking about this today and I was thinking about the line um, when um, Darth Vader is either, either right after he reveals to Luke that he's his father right. Or right before he says Luke you do not know the power mm-hmm. of the dark side yes. and you know every time I see that I'm like yes you know what I mean <laughs> like it's like it's sick it's badass right, you know right, what I mean right chops off Luke's hand Luke flies down the thing you know come on dude he's like yeah. you know so, so the bad guy is always a lot of fun exactly and like who has a cooler look the angels or the devils yeah, the, the devils have a way cooler look, man. They got the, yeah, they the horns and the fangs, Tail and the, you know what I mean. They tear your shit up, you know what I mean. Like, you know, it's just it's it's just all about the imagery and the exactly. symbolism. Yeah, and that is what they are really going up. I mean, I saw a great uh, mini documentary about Slayer recently, and they were like, "We're not into Satan or anything, but we just didn't want to be like those Hollywood bands." Like mm-hmm, we wanted mm-hmm. to differentiate ourselves right. and people ate it up. There was like a breath of fresh air. Exactly. Because it was like not that at all. It right. wasn't, it wasn't poison. It wasn't Motley Crue. Mm-hmm, it wasn't Van mm-hmm. Halen. You know, they were it's like, Slayer. They, yeah, they were Slayer. They're, they're, yeah. No, excuse me. They were fucking Slayer. Oh yeah. I forgot. <laughs> exactly. So, do you you getting where I'm saying? Yeah, what I'm it's an image. It's an image. It's yeah. a. It's a. It, it. That's what it. That's what it's all about. And it goes. It goes all the way back to this rebelliousness that the exactly. rock is all about. Yep. Okay. You know, rock. You know, so this is one of the reasons why I think Christian rock is kind of funny because it's like you're sort of missing the point. 
Yeah, I'm not saying that a lot of music isn't valid or isn't good because mm-hmm. I like I think some Christian rock is is, is very. Oh yeah, good. I still listen to it. Um, yeah, you shouldn't say that out loud. But I'm just teasing. I've never <laughs> listened to it. I'm just teasing you. No, I do. Uh, it's good. So music. now I, I want you to get in on this next part because where where we are now is so let's talk about the the actual what people think. So 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 satanic panic. I'm just laying yeah. the foundations here for satanic panic. Oh, I see okay. that. Yes. So yes. now that we know, kind of like. Where this, where this is sort of like the basis of all this is. Let's get into it because there was, uh, it took off with a vengeance starting oh, in the 70s yes. with something called, you want to talk about backwards masking? Uh, is that the 70s or 80s? It actually starts in the <clears throat> 70s. Does it really? That begins, where, do you, where do you want to start? Well, I was going to kind of give a brief history of the satanic panic in the 80s and where it started. Okay. Okay. okay so we'll gonna we'll be jump very... around. We're going to be doing it. We're going to mix up the 70s and 80s. Yeah. This, okay. Very good. This is going to be real brief. So, um, it, it, you know, a lot of, a lot of the podcast, a lot of the research I did kind of points back to this book. Uh, the book is named Michelle Remembers. It was a 1980 book co written by Canadian psychiatrist Lawrence Padzer. Oh, oh, it, it's pronounced Pastor. I'm sorry. Lawrence Pastor and his psychiatric patient, Michelle Smith. Now, what had, what had happened, Lou, is Michelle went to this, uh, this psychiatrist, and through hypnosis, he was able to recover her repressed memories of being abused as a child by a satanic cult. Very, very disturbing thing. She was locked in the cage. She was abused. She was forced to witness uh, babies being killed and eaten by Satanists and blah, blah, blah. There's only one problem. It's all bullshit. It was discredited, blah, blah, blah. But this kind of kicked off the whole satanic panic thing where all of a sudden daycare centers are being accused of abusing their kids. People are going to jail even though the, the, the claims are outrageous. And this is what kind of bled into, like you said, the rebellion of the rock and roll at the time. Well, you know what? These bands are obviously Satanists because they're talking about 666, Highway to Hell, thing, all this stuff. Uh, there's images of skulls and crossbones and whatnot. Uh, but that's basically... In the 80s, where it started, uh, you've got our good friend Mike Warnke, who wrote The Satan Seller. Uh, he was a born-again, I'm doing air quotes for everybody at home. He was a born-again Christian preacher who talked about his uh, life as a Satanist. He was involved in all kind of ritualistic uh, murders, murders, rapes, torture, blah, blah, blah. And again, years later, it was all debunked. All this shit that he said, they went back and talked to his family. His friends are like, he was a little nerdy kid that was at the library reading. What do you tell? He was never a drug dealer or anything like that. But all these he said things, that uh, uh, Samantha unbewitched got him into being a Satanist. Uh, well, well, that who hasn't been turned into a Satanist by by, by Samantha? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Twitch that nose. Um, but yeah, and it started playing, in, and like you said, our society seems to be based on these fears of what's going to happen, right? The 80s, Cold War, and who can we point the figure at? Could it be Satan? It could be Satan. Could be Satan? Yeah. So anyway, so let's get into backward masking you were going to talk about. Do you want to get into it? Do you have some stuff on it? Uh, because what, what ended up happening is a pr- precursor to... This thing that he ate, and I watched a little documentary about what's it called again? 
Michelle's, what was it called again? Michelle uh, Remembers. Michelle Remembers. Yes, I watched yes. a little mini documentary about that as well. Yeah. But the Peters brothers were going around starting in the 70s uh-huh. and playing. He said Peters. They were <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, playing records backwards and pulling out the pulling out messages. Right. Um, do you want to talk about it for a second or? Well, here's the thing. Now, Lou and I, it's no secret. Lou and I went to a Christian high school and we, I can remember being called into the gymnasium for an assembly and I don't know who the fellow was, but he was there with tape decks, big stereo, and he started slideshow, like a slideshow, everything. And he was going to tell us the, the horrors and the dangers of secular music. And he would play us the song forward. Some of the songs he's like, I don't even have to play backward. He played Highway to Hell. Now, you may remember this. Right? That's the first time I'd ever heard ACDC was in a Christian high school. <laughs> and as I looked around, everybody was bobbing their heads to the beat. Right? Okay? He then proceeded to play us cassette tapes of, uh, and I've, I've got examples here, of some popular rock and roll songs that if you play the music backwards, there are hidden messages. Uh, my favorite. i got a couple. That's the first time I ever heard Black Oak, Arkansas, is thanks to him. Thanks, buddy. Uh, here we go. Where is it? Yes, here it is. Oh, our favorite, Stairway to Heaven. Yes, Stairway to Heaven. If you play part of it back, thank you, Lou. If you play uh, some of it backwards, you can clearly, no, not really. You can clearly hear, oh, here's to my sweet Satan. The one whose little path would make me sad. Whose power is Satan. Now that part I did hear. Yeah, so there you go. He will give those with him. 666. Number one. Okay, I, I don't, don't get me started, right? Uh, the White Album had subliminal stuff. Uh, turn me on, Deadman. Yeah, turn me on, Deadman. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my, yes. Uh, oh, and uh, we can talk about it if you want to, but Better By You, Better Than Me by Judas Priest, where subliminally it says, do it, do it. You know what the it is, Lou? You know what Judas Priest wants their fans to do? Buy their next record. No, you would. <laughs> no, that would be common sense. Apparently, it was commit suicide uh, because uh, here we go. <laughs> because in uh, where is where's the date here? I want to find on December twenty third, nineteen eighty five. Twenty year old James Vance and eighteen year old Raymond Belknap, Belknap rather, who lived in Sparks, Nevada, went to a playground in a local church and shot themselves a point blank with shotguns. Now let's uh let's not uh, let's forget let's forget that they had troubled childhoods. They were abused children. They were drug addicted, uh, alcohol addicted. No, you know why they shot themselves? Because they spent the night listening to Judas Priest. And this resulted in a trial, in a lawsuit from the parents. Right. And um, Judas Priest had to spend like six weeks in a courtroom trying to say, we don't, you know how hard it would be to somehow figure out how to sing something forward and have it be backward and in the judge and in the end the judge is like 
you're absolutely right. And he dismissed the case. So there's that. Um, along that, so let's. So you mentioned we're talking about backwards masking. Yes. Uh, there's so, there's so much to unpack here with this whole situation. First of all, <laughs> if backward masking, real. First of all, do you realize how hard it is to have a big record? Yeah, it's really fucking hard. Yeah. It's really hard to have a even in, in the day when you could have big records. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was really hard, dude. It was a one in a million. There was so many bands putting up. I mean, just way more today because music is democratized. People can make music in their home or whatever. Blah blah blah. Right. But even at that point in the in the seventies and eighties, it was really tough. If you could put message backwards messages on a record. Let me tell you the message, and it worked. That actually did something. The messages would be stuff like, buy our next album. Right. Buy every buy ticket merch. to our concert. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a t-shirt. <laughs> buy a t-shirt. Those would be the fucking messages. That's what, this yeah. is a business. Yes. It's called music yes. business. business. It wouldn't be wasting time with whatever they oh think you're... Um, whatever they said, th- these, these lyrics were backwards. Right. Absolutely would right. never... Yeah. No. It doesn't no. it doesn't make if that was actually an effective way of influencing people, that is that what they is would what, be doing. Yeah, they would not exactly. be they would not be doing stuff like that. The the uh the biggest uh, proponents of backwards masking and actually um I had this cassette tape somebody it got passed around to school with the Peters brothers. Uh-huh. And I got it got oh, passed I remember around to school. That cassette. Yeah, yeah. That cassette yeah. and it's on YouTube and you can listen to it. And really? To it. And oh, they play nice. a bunch of songs backwards mm-hmm. and forwards. And um, it's a bunch of hooey. Um, yeah. yeah. I saw an interview with Tommy Shaw and he was like, he heard this and he, they were like, they were in the guys and sticks were all kind of like, they were really upset. Yeah. You know what I mean? That they were being accused of this. Well, they went to the record label and the record. And, and I, I don't know who it was, who were they? I can't remember who it was. It was Clive Davis or somebody was like, are you kidding? Your record has shot right to number one. Since right. This came right. out like, don't worry about it. Like, Perfect. They're, yeah, they're they're totally like promoting you. Don't mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't don't even worry about it. And and on the next album, Mr. Uh, Mr. Rob, the Mr. Roboto album, right. um, They actually did it intentionally. Exactly. On the song yeah. As yeah, a kind yeah. of lark. Yep. As a kind yep, of as yep. kind of a lark. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, but exactly. And singing um, something to intentionally have it do something backwards. Yeah. Is. Yes, there's the Black Oak, Arkansas thing where he's yelling Natas, Natas, Natas. Yeah, but the word song, Natas but... doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's not a meaningful, it has no meaning. Yeah. You know, so when you play it backwards, it's Satan. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, oh, oh. It's great. You know what I mean? Um, Look, the human brain is fantastic. It's phenomenal. It cannot decipher that. I don't think so. It cannot decipher I, I absolutely that. If don't you play think a song so. forward, your I, brain I, is I not have listening to, see, to it backwards. Exactly. Yeah. I have yet to hear it. And like I said, if it really worked, because they're, these guys are into marketing, dude. Like, they're trying to, mm-hmm. you know I mean? If that really fucking worked, like I said, it wouldn't be anything about Satan. Exactly. It would be no, something be like, about, like, buy yeah, our merch. Buy our, buy, buy our next album. Yeah, exactly. la, 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 la. Yeah, you know what I mean? Buy, you know, or, or the record label would have them saying something that, you know, buy the entire catalog on our label. Whatever, exactly, you know what I mean? right? Exactly. Um, you know, and, and, and I had heard this, and I am and, and um, I don't hate to spread rumors, but I do. I did hear this growing up that, um, and, and I looked for an article on this online, mm-hmm. and I could not find one. But... 
that the idea that like once the band had recorded the album and there was right. the ma- they would have the master tape. Yes. That the tape was given to like a coven who would do like a ceremony. <laughs> you know what I mean? With yes. with it and to like, you know, so they would become sure. famous. Yeah. And here's my, you know, I I remember reading that and just and, and even as a kid being highly skeptical and mm-hmm. once I grew up and I got into the music business. Right. My thought on my thought on it changed a little bit. My thought was like, well, wait a minute. If I was in a band, right, and you know we wanted to have a hit record, sure, and the late and our our manager or whatever said, look, you know, I don't want you guys to freak out about this, but we're gonna have this like coven <laughs> kind of do this like the blessing over your record, yeah, and I'd be like. Dude, like I don't sell records. Is it going to cost yeah, anything? No. It, do we have go to ahead. pay extra yeah, for that? No. Yeah, go okay, ahead. Sure. That's fine. Like, yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> oh my God. Is it going to make me money? Is it going right? to? It's a business, guys. That's it. And if anything <laughs> like that was going on, I promise you that that is what it was all about. It had nothing to do with. <laughs> what's up, guys? There he is. I'm Speaking of Chris Satan, and Raven. <laughs> yeah, Chris and Raven are there. Like they like they're fading in and out. Oh. Baby Yoda. Ba- Baby Yoda. Got but it. It's so Love funny. It. They're like fading in and out. It's like they're appearing. They're, see? Yeah, wow, wow. That's awesome. Wow. As we're talking about. I think that that's some kind of uh, video backward masking. That's, I, yeah, there is such right? A thing, right? Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. So, and, and, and the other thing is lyrics. Right. So wanna, we're going to do a quick talk about lyrics real quick. <laughs> there he is. Chris. There, the the man himself, Chris, the wolf. You're killing us. Go, guys, go ahead. Seriously, check him out Wolfie. on Facebook. Wolf's Customs, Chris Thunderwolf Dots, and does amazing, amazing custom artwork on yes, your musical instruments. Yes. So check him out. He's cracking us um, up. This is from JesusIsSavior.com. Oh, crazy. Rock music and Satanism. Yeah, there you go. Um, so here's some lyrics that they don't like. Oh, what? All right, go ahead, read God them. of Thunder. Remember God of Thunder sure. by Kiss? Nice, nice I was band. raised by the demons. Sure. Trained to reign as the one. God of Thunder and rock and roll, the spell you're under, will slowly rob you of your virgin soul. It's been a while since I had a virgin soul. I'm Lord of the Wasteland, a modern-day man of steel. Ooh. I gather darkness to please me, and I command you to kneel. Before the God of Thunder, the God of Rock and Roll, I'll steal your virgin soul. Huh. These lyrics of "To God of Thunder" are, are song are so offensive that the CD uh, Universe website has blocked out the lyrics as uh, uh, as a hidden track. It's sickening that Gene Simmons has paid millions of dollars is paid millions of dollars for his disgusting life to be featured on a cable TV show called Family Jewels. Oh my God! Remember when he? Remember when they had a TV show? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, Jefferson Starship. This isn't a really famous song. Uh, Marilyn oh, Manson. There, there's Marilyn. Yep. So th- this guy's a ta- target for everything. Although he has never really. <laughs> I mean, he's just again. This is a guy who's like wants to scare your parents. Exactly. That's uh, you know right? that, you know he's doing the Alice Cooper shtick. Yes. You know let's yes. scare your parents and kids ate it up. Bill smiling over there because he understands. He totally gets yeah, it. Yeah. Who's all these people chit chatting with me? <laughs> um, we have uh, we're, we're Archangels Michael Satan's twin brother. Okay, is he? I, I don't know. I didn't. They look so much they're, alike. They're like. They, <laughs> They look so. Much it looks like I can see where there's a family resemblance. Sure. Uh, there's a little chat going on here about angels and devils and everything in the All chat. Right. So, so if you guys are missing when you don't join the live, it's a uh-huh. lot of fun. Raven uh, and Chris and Bill, everybody's here. Anyway, so um, 
Just as Revelation 13, 14 foretold that the world would worship the beast sure. and the dragon, yeah. we are witnessing this in society today. Really? Satan is openly worshipped in Marilyn Manson concerts, really? who's still touring around the world as of 2010. So this well, is a while ago, yeah. Uh, Manson began burning holy Bibles in his concerts and giving altar calls for Satan. Hmm. By encouraging kids to reject Jesus Christ and accept Satan into their hearts as mine. I mean, can you not see what the, the he's yeah. just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Come on now. It's not a, oh, you're out of control. I'm a sinner by um, Madonna. So Madonna, Madonna's not spared here. Like the sun, like so the Madonna. light, like the flame, <laughs> like the storm, I burn through everything. Uh -huh. Like a bomb in the night, like a train, thunder rings through the hills, let it rain. Sure. Ah, ooh, ooh, oh, oh, hoo, oh, hoo, oh, I'm a sinner. I know, there are some great lyrics there. Wow. Wow. Right, right. Uh, Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones rock band likewise sings the lyrics, You'll Never Make a Saint Out of Me. The shameful duo, Selena Gomez and Katy Perry, sing the blasphemous lyrics to the song, Rock. Uh, rock God oh, preacher them. man took my hand and looked in my looked in my eyes he said hey girl can't you leave and I cried oh. father th things aren't always so black and white don't cast the first stone because I'm not alone mm -hmm. and it's not like I'm hurting anyone but I but I can't confess my rock my rock my rock and roll ways yeah. um, good for them good for them I don't really <laughs> see yeah system of a down D devil take me down there hmm Photographic relapse. Yes. People feeding frenzy. The devil is so lovely. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, like, those lyrics don't even make sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you're, you know, you're getting you, all bunged you, up yeah, about that. About, yeah. Oh. You know, do, do you realize that most guys write lyrics because they're just <clears throat> looking for words that sound good together? Yeah. That's, a, that's just right? pretty much that's pretty much it. Yeah. You're overthinking it. You're getting your yeah. panties in a bunch. Calm down. Simmer down now. You know, uh, if I may suggest something. Suggest something. There's one person we haven't heard from tonight. Do you think I should call him? Okay. Oh, that's right. We have somebody who said that they wanted to be on. You're going to make a phone call. Can I? Can I call them? Let's let's, let's make our phone call. All right, hold we on. We do have to make a phone call. We're going to make a phone call. We have a special guest tonight. Let me get uh, get the phone here. All right, hold on. It's a long distance call. Okay, hold on. It's ringing. Hold on. Hello. Hello. Satan? Hello. No phone. No this. <laughs> Satan, it's um, it's Pittsburgh Kevin from the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Hey, how come, sir? Where's, where's Lily? Um, she's on hiatus. Uh, this is Kevin. Pittsburgh Kevin. Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, okay. Hi, Kevin. Um... Sorry about the voice, but I, I wasn't I wasn't sure he was calling. And I gotta keep the facade up. Keep the, up what are you guys talking about tonight? Well, we're we're talking about the satanic panic. Uh the eighties, do you remember that? Oh Jesus. Yes. But do do you have any thoughts on that? I remember um, getting all excited about it because I heard Is that Ludini laughing at me? Fuck him. Anyway, I remember um, getting all excited because everybody was a Satanist, right? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so popular. And then you know what happened? Um, no, go ahead, Satan. I checked the numbers. And um, we actually lost members during that time. I was so pissed. 
I'm like, oh God. So, yeah, I was just so mad. So you had nothing to do with the satanic panic of the 80s? Fuck no. Um, it's all those stupid humans. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, well, I remember it's a bad time, but um, that's okay. I got over it. Hold on, wait a minute. Hold on. Just, no, put it over there. Set it down right there. Who are, you, who are you talking to? It's my servant. He was bringing me lunch. It's Hitler. <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. He's always like making speeches and stuff. I hate it. Okay. Well, um, sir, uh, do you have anything else to add? No, just I love the show. Um, oh, Satan loves our show. I love yes, it. Yes, I do. And uh, listen, everybody listening, uh, if you have an instrument that needs custom work on it, please go see Chris. Um, you know, wolf customs. Okay. All well, right. thank you, Satan. Thank you for the call. Thanks for talking to us tonight. God bless all of you. Wink, wink. All right. Thank you. Thank all you very right, much. All right, Satan, everybody. Satan coming by tonight Satan. had nothing to do with the satanic panic. There you have <laughs> Chris, it. Chris has given us the horns. Thank you, Chris. Yes. <laughs> Satan says, get your guitar to Chris Thunderwolf Johnson exactly. right now. Well, he knows a good thing when he sees it. So, he misses Lily, apparently. So, But anyway. All right, what, what, what else have we got going on? The only on? thing I want to add at the end is this. Yes. Kind of kind of circling back to the beginning. Yeah. Again, we're like, it's a time of great uncertainty. So, people are, th- and, 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 and we also have a lot of shenanigans. I won't lie, right? Mm-hmm. We got certain, uh, th- certain institutions that, you know, ha- we've discovered have not been telling anybody the truth. Lying for a really to us. Long time. Lying. So, it's very easy for people to turn to these, uh, these things. Are there bad people? Yes. See? Are there people that like would like to corrupt young people and get people's heads twisted around? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, that's what these that's what all this bullshit was a couple years ago with burning burning shit down and you know, I mean like that's that's the stuff. That's the satanic stuff exactly. right there. Right. Okay. Right. You know what I mean? And look, man, like I don't know what your spiritual beliefs are, you know. I know Kevin's more like Mr. Pittsburgh, you're more on the mm-hmm. atheist side of sure. things. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a, you know, I'm the annoying, uh, <laughs> I'm the, the agnostic though. People yeah. hate agnostics because uh, like, they say we can't make up our minds, you know? Yeah, that's fine. But I mean, let's put it this way. I don't, I, it, you, maybe you believe in a literal devil. Okay. But let me just put it this way to you. In light of, in light of all this new shit, man. Yeah. You're not privy to all this new shit, shit man. man. Uh, you know. Like like the idea that maybe this is a simulation. Like like <laughs> that's that's a legitimate scientific uh, yes, it, yes, uh, sure, uh, hypothesis sure. now. People laughed at that when at first, but now people are taking like, it seriously. Hey, wait a minute. Uh, you know, everybody thought UFOs were the biggest joke. Now we find out that our military takes it very fucking seriously. Mm-hmm. Who knows I know. what is out there and what's really going on. Who knows? But I'll tell you right now, rock and roll ain't it. No. Relax. You, you can enjoy correct. 
music. You can have a good time. Don't hurt anybody. No, Try not please. to hurt yourself too bad. No, not too bad. <laughs> I mean, I won't ask you to be a goody two-shoes and not do a little self-abuse. I mm-hmm. mean, because that's part of living. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> I hope that you guys enjoyed our, uh, yes. our, our sort of foray. I have tons of links to all sorts of fun um, auxiliary material. Right. Uh, in, yeah. in, in, the, in the show notes, check I invite you, invite you to ch- invite you to check out, make your own decisions. Um, but I think that you can tell where me and Mr. Pittsburgh are coming from. Exactly. On this situation. Um, there is, um, speaking of music, sure. <clears throat> there is some great new music out coming out all the time. And I, I've been building this list on YouTube, new and notable list for the Ludini rock and roll circus. <clears throat> and Mr. Pittsburgh, uh, introduced me to somebody today. Yeah. Who's really good. We're going to talk about Chet Vincent and play a little Chet Vincent. So let's just go ahead. Let's just go ahead and do it. Why not? I mean, we're here, right? He's a Pittsburgher. He is a Pittsburgher. He is a Pittsburgher. Do you know, uh, Bill, do you know Chet Vincent? There. You love him. He says, I love him. In a, in a manly sort of way. I said, though. I know of him. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but listen to this guitar tone. This, this, this fuzzy, fuzzy this, this tone. This is interesting. This is called... To- Toledo. Toledo. Holy Toledo. Fuzzed yeah, very out, cool. Very fuzzed out guitar love sound. It. Love it. Um, really good. Like straight up rock and roll to me. Yeah. Chet Vincent and the music industry. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking here to see if I could find more information. In, in, from information. Uh, this appears to have popped up on February 26, 2023. Mm-hmm. The, um, just, just search Chet Vincent Toledo on uh YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. there is, um, but I'm looking for a website or something. I'm not really, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think he has anything. an Instagram maybe. Okay. And everybody's got an Instagram. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, so very cool. Kudos to a local boy. Yeah. 
Local boy gone good. Now, for something that's not so local. Yes. But still loco. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did. I oh. love this band. I'm so glad they put out a new record. This is the new Corrosion of Conformity. Mm. This was just released um, four days ago. Oh, all right then. Check this out. would you expect from Corrosion of Conformity? Exactly. Yeah, that great like Sabbath-esque uh-huh, kind of uh-huh. riffage. Good, heavy riffage. stuff. Digging it. Yeah. Digging it. Digging it, 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 digging it. All right. Okay. Let's do our favorite segment. Let's, do our, let's take a look here. What do we got? All right. Yeah, we got a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. We're going to wrap up with... Uh, what the Beatles did. What the day. Beatles did on this day and what the Beatles <coughs> did. <laughs> the freaking Beatles. The freaking Beatles. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, check out Wolf's Customs on the internet, on social media. Uh, check out rockrageradio.com. Download the free app. LudiniRockandRollCircus.com is our website. All right. Um, this day in 1963. Ooh. Way back. Mr. Peabody's Wayback Machine. Yeah, that's what you call it. Exactly. They were number one on the UK singles charts mm. with From Me to You, the group's first number one, and the first of 11's consecutive number ones. Wow. The title of the song was inspired from a letters column called From You to Us that ran in the British music newspaper, The New Musical Express. Oh, if that was today, the, uh, the New Musical Express would be suing the Beatles. Yeah. You still are right there. Yeah, exactly. On this day, 1964, the Rolling Stones' self-titled debut album started a 12-week run at number one on the UK charts. The album spent a total of 51 weeks on the UK chart. Also on this day, the Stones made their first appearance on the US singles chart when Not Fade Away entered the charts at 98. It's an interesting day, right? Year apart, uh-huh. the Beatles enter with... Um, uh, from me to you. This right. was that. That was their first number one. Yep. And then the Stones bust out a year later. Uh, ex- exciting time in music, right? Yes. Really, really like exciting time. Is exactly. you know stuff was really changing. Uh, Nineteen sixty nine, dudes. 
Pink Floyd appeared at uh, Manchester Chamber of Commerce, England. The show was recorded for the forthcoming album Amagama. Um, the Chamber of oh Commerce, God. like, how many rock bands do shows at the Chamber of Commerce? Like, it <laughs> seems odd. It seems yeah. like a place to have, have a rock okay. show. You know what I mean? I know. On this day in 1969, dudes. Led Zeppelin paid their, played their first of two nights at the Pasadena Rose Palace, California. Many other acts appeared here, including The Birds, Cream, Santana, Grateful Dead, Joe Cocker, and Les Paul. <laughs> so I was driving down the street. And <laughs> I heard Santana and Led Zeppelin. All right. Uh, on this day again in 1969, dude, uh, the Beatles now. recorded a remake of the new George Harrison song, Something, at Abbey Road Studios in London. They recorded 36 takes of the song. Wow. Which included Billy Preston on Piani. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The track was featured on the Abbey Road albums. Yes. That was one of the first songs oh. I learned yeah. to play. I'm going to see if I can still play it. Okay. <laughs> oh. Okay. Let's I was saying I can play the first two notes. <laughs> It's been it's been it's been twenty years or so. Thirty, right. forty years. Uh wow, we're still in nineteen sixty nine. What in the nineteen sixty nine dudes. Go ahead. All right, the Who gave a press preview of their new rock opera, Tommy, at Ronnie Scott's. Whoa, look at that. In London, England. The double album featured a deaf, dumb, and blind boy who became who becomes the leader of a Masonic M- movement. Messianic. Not a Masonic. Messianic. Not the Masons? No. Not the Masons? No. Uh, it was the first musical work to be built overtly as a rock opera. In 1998, it was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame for historical, artistic, and significant value and has now sold over 20 million copies worldwide. Yeah, and that was really, um, that was new at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it was so funny. This was the era when. The stuff that became like the standard. Right. You know what I mean? Stuff That's that we take it, for granted. It started. It all got started. Oh, so yeah, the first yeah. rock opera since the 1960s. Norman Greenbaum, oh, the one hit wonder, Norman Greenbaum was the number one in the UK single charts with Spirit in the Sky. If I have wow. To, if I have to hear this song one more time, now let me explain. Because the people I work with have these playlists, and for some reason, all of their playlists include this song. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I know the song because of Larry Norman, but oh my gosh. All right, in this day, wanna go to the place that's the best. When I lay me down to die, going up to the spirit in the sky. See, I know it. Anyway, on this day, 1972, dude, Bruce Springsteen <laughs> auditioned for CBS Records, AR man John Hammond in New York. Springsteen played a short set for him in his office. Hammond was so impressed that he arranged a real audition that night at the Gaslight Club in New York for other Columbia executives. Oh, by the way, Bruce passed the audition. Um, this was something that was very common. Yeah. And th- this is how you got that you came down and played. Right. I mean, could you. <laughs> You know, like, no, you didn't show up with your laptop. Yeah, right. <laughs> you had to had actually guitar, come in and sang. play. Yeah. You actually had to freaking play. Crazy. Or if we were band, off bands would come and play. You actually exactly. had to play. They wanted yeah. to hear you actually yeah. play. 
1978, Kate Bush was on the UK charts with her debut album, uh, The Kick Inside. Uh, had the hit Withering Heights on that album, 70 weeks on the UK chart. Kate Bush, you know, like, she's one of those people you know. Yeah. But, like, you know, Running Up That Hill. That's the song that's, by her yeah, I know. so overplayed. You know what now, I mean? That's again. the one of hers that I know. But I, I believe that she probably had, was probably, had more songs that people would know if you were, like, in if you were British, right. if you lived in England. Exactly. I think yeah. she was a little bigger over there. But go exactly. ahead. All right. This day, 1980, Joy Division played what would be their last gig. Oh. I know. With singer <laughs> Ian Curtis. When they appeared, uh, when they appeared at Birmingham University, England, sadly Curtis committed suicide two weeks later. Well, I mean, the band was over. What else was he going to do? Like, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, that's it. Oh boy, there my baby takes the morning train. He works from nine to five, and then the Scottish singer Sheena Easton started a two-week run. Um, on the U.S. single starts with that little ditty back on this day in nineteen. 19- 81 um the the song the song was originally called nine to five but it was changed because to because dolly parton had the song nine right, to five right. out Didn't the same confuse year. the people don't want to confuse the people yeah. hey this day 1987 1987 cutting crew started a two-week run at number one of the u.s singles chart with i just died in your arms tonight that was a- <laughs> One Hit Wonder, and it's a cool song. Yeah, it's a very cool song. It's a very cool song, One Hit Wonder. Uh, 1989, Michael Jackson, a security guard, uh, alerted the police after a man wearing a wig, fake mustache, and false teeth walked into Zales Jewelers in California. Three squad cars arrived, and police detained the man who turned out to be Michael Jackson in disguise. Oh my goodness! On this day, 1989, dude, uh, English rock band The Stone Roses released their self-titled album on Silverstone Records. In 2008, it was named the fifth greatest British album ever by Q Magazine. Uh, the poll, the album has now sold over 4 million copies worldwide. Uh, the only song by them that I know is Love Spreads, and it's a great song, but it's the only one by them I know. Yeah. Again, I think this is a band that was, like, they were kind of underground, and I think they were bigger, Overseas than they were right. in America. Yeah. yeah. Um, 1991, this day, Nirvana uh, booked into the famous Sound, Sound City, City Studios in Van Nuys for 16 days on a budget of $65,000. With Butch Vig producing, the band started recording what would become their Nevermind album. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, but there's a little thing that they didn't mention there. What? Do you know who the other engineer was? That sounds silly. Sammy Davis Jr. No, it was Les Paul. It was <laughs> on this day in 1991. <laughs> He's, everywhere. He's everywhere. He's like, He's your, like dad. your dad, dude. <laughs> on this day, 1991, the video for REM for the REM song "Losing My Religion" was banned in Ireland because its religious imagery was seen as unfit for broadcast. Oh, come on! Have a Guinness and lighten up. Here, I'll do that right now. That's not REM, but that's no, still. but it's, it's, good it's yes, yes, close enough for rock and roll. Yep. Ninety-two little-known UK duo Nirvana filed suit against <laughs> the American band of the same that's name. That's our name. They settled out of court. You bastards! I don't know. I can't pronounce that. Wait, was there anything important about that? Yeah, this uh, Japanese guy, uh, Hideto <laughs> Matsumoto, Matsum- Matsumoto, sorry. hung himself. Thank you. I'm so sorry. 
On this day, 2004, Total Guitar Magazine's reader voted Guns N' Roses anthem, Sweet Child of Mine. That's <laughs> the greatest guitar riff ever. Oh, no. Ahead of Nirvana's grunge anthem, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Led Zeppelin's Whole Lot of Love came third. What? Followed, yeah, exactly. That's how I felt in my brain right now. Followed by Deep Purple's Smoke on the Water. Total Guitar Editor Scott Rowley said, To a new generation of guitarists, Guns N' Roses are more thrilling than the Sex Pistols. Wow. Um, yeah, wow. That's like, where was, what, what magazine was this? Total Guitar? I don't, Total Guitar that's Magazine? Really, yeah, I yeah, that, know yeah, that that, that's part, no wonder that's out of print. Exactly. In 2005, Clapton joined former Cream members Ginger and Jack for the first mm. of four nights at London's Royal Albert Hall. Yes. This was 36 years after they broke up. So it took 36 years between gigs, you know. Yep, yep. As you do. I love this one. On, two, two, on this day in 2006, Rolling Stones guitarist Keith Richards was released from a hospital in New Zealand after the 62-year-old at the time suffered mild concussion when he fell out of a coconut tree while on holiday in Fiji. That's awesome. He was airlifted to Auckland's Ascot Hospital for observation where he underwent a brain scan. boy, Keith. Climbing trees at 62. Good for him, man. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, what I think was going on was I think that he had was a he was there with a hot young thing, uh-huh. and he was trying to look, he was trying to impress her. Look what I didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, in 07, uh, two thousand musicians gathered in Poland to play a rock anthem by Hendrix. Guitars were aiming to set a new Guinness World Record by gathering 1,876 guitarists in the city's market square to play Hey Joe. Hey Joe. Said it was, uh, organizers say it was the biggest guitar ensemble in history. Wow. On this day in 2008, Chad Kroger was banned from driving for a year after being convicted of Drink driving? I think it's drunk driving. In the Canadian city of Vancouver, the 33-year-old Nickelback singer had almost twice the legal limit of alcohol in his system when he was stopped by police speeding in his Lamborghini. Wow. If I had a Lamborghini, I would not be drinking and driving. I'd be picking up chicks! Uh, no, not, you know, not in the day in 09. Bob Dylan uh, mingled unnoticed with the, uh, with other Beatles uh, tourists during a minibus tour to John Lennon's childhood home. Oh, that's he funny. was one of 14 tourists to examine photos and documents in the National Trust-owned home where Lennon grew up. Uh, Dylan, who was uh, on a day off from a European tour, paid 16 pounds <laughs> for the public trip to the 1940s house in Woolton, Liverpool. Like, this is a guy like... Who he for them? For, yes, he had his moment where he would try to tell people to convert to Jesus, but for the most part, Dylan has just been kind of like just mm-hmm. just to kind of does his thing. Not you know, just whatever. I do whatever. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? I'm gonna skip the next one because I don't give a shit. Okay. On this day, nineteen. Oh Lord Jesus. On this day in 2013, our friends, friends of the podcast, as they say, Slayer, right? Jeff, oh, here we go. It would not be complete unless I had to read something like this. Uh, Jeff Henneman, founding Mezzer. Mezzer. Well, I've had two Guinnesses. Wow. Jeff Henneman, founder, 
founding member of the rock band Slayer died (laughs) at the age of 49. The guitarist had been suffering from oh man, that's the necrotizing fasciitis, flesh eating disease. That's awful, horrible, from a fucking spider bite. Everybody's like, "Oh, that's just a spider." What are you afraid of, a little spider? This is not the first person that has fucking gotten fucked up from a goddamn spider bite. Listen, fuck spiders. That's That's why when I see a spider, I smash the living shit out of it. That's that's weird, man. Like one person gets a spider bite, dies. One person gets a spider bite. Gets superpowers. Gets superpowers. That's weird. Wow. All right, let's say happy, happy birthday, birthday to Link Ray. Oh, awesome. Happy Love birthday, Rumble. Link. Rumble was banned. Did you know yes. that? Yes. Yeah, and it's an instrumental song. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Ingleburn Humperdinck, happy Shut birthday. Up. Nice. Uh, British-American lyricist Tony Asher, happy birthday. Randy Kane. From mm-hmm. the Delphonics, happy birthday. happy birthday. Goldie McJohn from Steppenwolf. Goldie McJohn. Wow. What a name. With a name like Goldie McJohn, you have to go into show business. You have to. It's mandatory. Either that or become mayor of uh, Hill Valley in Back to the Future. Leslie Gore, it's my party and I cry if I want to. Happy very birthday, nice, Leslie nice. Gore. Bob Henrit. Yes. Uh, from Argent. Argent. Hold your head Argent. High. Argent. Hey, look at this. Lou. Graham. Yeah. Lou Graham, not Graham. Graham. Not Graham. Like a gram of Coke. What are you, silly or something? Happy from uh, Foreigner. What? Great voice. Great, yes, great, 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 exactly. great voice. Uh, the keyboardist, John Callis from Human League. Happy mm-hmm, birthday. Mm-hmm. Prescott Niles from the Kanak. There you go. Dr. Robert. I'm Dr. Robert. From the Blow Monkeys. I said, no, Blow Monkeys. <laughs> Uh, David McAlmont yes uh had this uh had some song yeah. um <laughs> uh, Ben Leach Lily Allen oh, uh, yeah. I remember that this is a song I keep I <laughs> I keep telling people about it. nobody remembers but it was this was a one hit wonder too the song's huh. called smile and I don't know it's a dumb it's a kind of a novelty song it doesn't a super like serious you know I'll have to look it up again. there's every Every generation has really has this Literally. catalog of silly pops. Right. Every generation right. does. Like they all do. You know, and this was from this was a, a song from two thousand and six. There was just I would classify as just like a it's like um you know, a song like all, all about that bass. Okay. You know, I, I would put it deals. that in one of those sure. kind of like you know what I mean? It's a kind of silly little pop song. Exactly. Um, Justin Hayward Young from the Vaccines was born in the same 1987. May 2nd, everybody. May 2nd. May 2nd. May 2nd. So, um, all right, guys. Um, Chris Thunderwolf, looking good there, brother, with the shades. Yeah. Rocking out. Check him out on Facebook and all over the place to get custom artwork done on your musical instrument. Mm -hmm. Wolf's Customs. Satan approved. Satan approved by (laughs) Satan. <laughs> I like the tongue. There you go. There you are. There oh, you are. Boy. Um, please go to rockrageradio.com uh, and download the free app to hear great music programming mm-hmm. 24-7, including the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, Hot Licks with Lily Six, and all the fun stuff. Um, and LudiniRockandRollCircus.com is our website. Lots yeah. of fun stuff there. I went all over, over all this before. If you weren't listening, rewind. Be kind and rewind. What was that? What what are you I, doing, I Chris? Know. Yo, is that like yo? What what's he, Mr. What? T says I pity the fool. Oh, 
All right. <laughs> okay. And Bill, uh, thank you, Bill da uh, Damiano, for hanging out. What do we have here? Bill, Bill fell asleep again. Okay, Bill's sleeping again. Oh, shh. Shh, don't wake up, Bill, everybody. He's sleeping. Shh. He's had a... Go he's been a hard day's night. Go to sleep. The Bill... What does that say? The Bill Dami, Domalorian Jedi. Oh, Jedi, yeah. <laughs> he really must be asleep because he's not responding he is, to us. He's out of it. Oh. <laughs> Bill's literally sleeping. That, that is, is awesome. amazing. That is amazing. That's we excellent. put Bill to sleep. Nice. We love it. We're we love so it. soothing. All right. We love you guys. Have a great one, and we'll catch you all on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. See, you. See you guys. <laughs> Bill's.